0: Good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Old Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215, the number four ever. Follow your photo ID. IG. Now, my IG page is the Know Your Old Player Podcast, all right? It's K N O W Y A R O L E T L A Y E R underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the app, right? Whether you have Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, CastBox, and many, many more, you will automatically get notifications like the new episodes like the one you are currently listening to in the back, alright? So that's anger.fm backslash mobile player, alright? Guys, welcome back. Today is August 25th. I got my guest back. say what's up to the people? Yes, sir. How's it going, everybody? Are you outside? You got a little background. Are right, you sound a lot better now. You had a little background action going on before. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, you good. All right, yo, so we're back. we back. we back. Now, I wanted to get to a lot of stuff, but um, we try to always stay current with some breaking news, which was pretty shocking to me in French. Um, and let me get the exact stuff. I don't want to mess up any uh, quotations. So give me one second. So, listen. Rachel Nichols, as y'all all remember, um, was this? I don't think she was suspended. She was taken off of the thing, so uh, of the jump, and she said they said she would no longer be on ESPN as far as NBA content. All right, so she did tweet today, and I quote: "Got to create a whole show and spend five years hanging out with some of my favorite people, talking about uh, my favorite things, basketball." An eternal thank you to our amazing producers and crew. The Jump was never built to last forever, but it sure was fun. More to come. Okay, so breaking news. ESPN has taken Rachel Nichols off of all NBA program and will cancel her weekday afternoon show, The Jump, per John Orandi, a media reporter for Journal. So this is kind of a big deal. Um, I'll let you get your immediate thoughts, and then I'll kind of play off of you. All right, so...
1: For starters, I wasn't surprised, right? Because I know noticed... no, no, the timing, the timing. No, no, no. But I noticed Malika Andrews was hosting this past week um, I didn't know that. of the jump. Yeah. So ESPN does this thing and they have a history of doing this where they give somebody a run for a week to see if how the fans respond. And if that person does well, they'll keep the show running with that person filling in and then eventually give them the show. Mm-hmm. It didn't go well for Malika Andrews, and it's nothing against her. She just doesn't get the same respect from the other people on the show that Rachel Nichols did. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it wasn't like she just felt like more of a moderator than like the host of this show, and she wasn't really driving the topics as much as just like introducing them and then taking a back seat. Um, with that being said, this is humongous for ESPN, Yep, and this isn't a good look, man.
0: Nope. Um, let me. Just and again, with... we are not Rachel Nicole apologists. Let's, let's no, start with I'm not. That.
1: But I'm gonna just look at this from a just from the female perspective for a second, right? Before we get into the race thing, which is the big topic of all this. Just from the female perspective, in the last you know three to five years, they lost Carrie Bryant. They lost. Um. Whoa. Uh, Who's the girl that just left? I'm sorry. The woman that just left. Uh,
0: Maria Taylor.
1: Maria Taylor. Now they effectively lose Rachel Nichols. They lost Michelle Beadle. Hate Mm -hmm. her or lover, She had a pretty big following for ESPN and everywhere else she's been. Mm. So this is becoming like a thing now where I think what it is is they're starting. These women are getting paid more initially to work for ESPN, right? Mm -hmm. ESPN's, you know, that first contract, they're giving out that million bucks. And they're beating out all these other markets, all these other companies. The problem is once you start at a million dollars and these women are successful at their positions, like anyone else in America, they're going to want more money on that next contract. Mm -hmm. That's where ESPN's problem is, is they're not willing to necessarily meet this because if they would have kept Maria Taylor, this isn't an issue. (laughs) Maria Taylor would have hosted the jump and her, you know, and that's what she wanted initially, not to host the jump. But to expand her profile at ESPN, right? And ESPN was playing games because they didn't think that she could go get the money that she felt and she deserved. Else, she got it, and she got it. And now you got rid of Rachel Nichols because you couldn't come back from the race stuff. And this is where you're at now.
0: Yeah, ESPN
1: has like no NBA coverage at this moment.
0: Yeah, so they did say that they're going to have another show later on. Um, so it was also reported um, that basically she won't be on ESPN. Anymore, but she's under contract for at least another year.
1: Yeah, she'll do outside the lines probably on Sundays. Um, okay,
0: like- so I tweeted this, um, and I'll say this here I 100% think she's going to be on the ringer in about a year. The Bill Simmons, uh, Jackie McMullen had sort of retired from ESPN, but she's doing work on the ringer. Rachel Nichols is popular, is successful, and she's talented, man. And she got a lot of respect from a lot of people. She's already got the connections. She's good with players. She builds whatever she does. It's going to take off immediately. You just got to get the right direction. And listen, me, I know you agree with me. The jump was a really good show. All right, it now was. Listen, you got to take a it thing. It's not just Rachel Nichols and me. The jump. There are a lot of producers, a lot of editorial people. The jump is a really good show. And for a person that makes basketball content and basketball show, uh, I don't know if it was live, but um, sort of a, a broadcasted national television basketball show. It was live. It's, uh, was And it is live. It's really, really impressive. They hit all points. They have humor. They always have montages. They, you know, they, they find balances between serious and playing around. They speak on any subject. They don't pass on things. It's probably one of my favorite shows, so I'm really disappointed that The Jump is gone because um, I don't know anything about the views for The Jump, but I do know out of all the ESPN shows, that's pretty good. Now, speaking of ESPN, I've said for a while that ESPN has fallen off, right? And, you know, if you ask 16-year-old Josh what his dream was, it probably would be to work for ESPN. You know, growing up, you got Stuart Scott, Dan Patrick, um, Stephen A. Smith, even back then, was a legend. Kenny you had, uh, Huh? Kenny Main. Kenny Main. Like you had a lot of. I, I, I know. We, um. I know we're missing a lot of people. We had a lot of power. Uh, Chris Berman. Yeah. We had a lot of powerful personalities, and the was ESPN was just a powerhouse. Now listen, there's a couple things I don't like at ESPN dudes. One, they didn't take care of a lot of people that have been at that company for a long time. I think it's kind of tacky. Now, two, I understand budgets, and you got to cut people, but you can also be it's also a way to do. You can cut somebody and still take care of them with a severance pay or something. Now, they did de- in some cases, but I just, if you ask me honestly, if I had a choice on whether I would work for ESPN for $250,000 or if I had my own podcast for one-fourth of that, I know this sounds crazy, but I'd pick my own podcast. You know why? Because in four years, let's say they're just not feeling me. They can just let me go. The ability to work for yourself, to create your own, and just generate a personal connection from um, host to fan is undefeated. You look at a lot of guys. um, Mark Stein. Mark Stein used to work for the New York Post. He's on Substack. Chad Ford. Chad Ford was an ESPN draft writer for over 15 years for ESPN. Super big JREF guy. He has his own little thing with Substack. Um, Ethan Strauss from The Athletic. He's on Substack. A lot of guys are working with uh, either Substack or, I forgot the other one, where you it's like direct-to-consumer. You know, it's just like, I'm going to create the content, $5, you get the unlimited content, and we just do it from there. And I just think that's the future of it. I just I feel like if you can get a personal connection with your fans, your audience will grow, they'll be real big. And I just feel like big corporations, other than places like The Ringer maybe Boston Sports, I think it's going to be tough if they don't stand out Stylistically and creatively. If you want to add any more last things to us.
1: So I'll say this. I don't disagree with ESPN's decision and the jump, right? Because I don't think they currently have anybody at ESPN that could have taken over that show. Okay. If they're going to move on from Rachel Nichols. So let me just say that. I did love the jump as much as you did. But if you're 100% making the decision that she's out, then I think you have to end the show just because there's nobody else at ESPN currently that could have hosted that show. There's mm. nobody with that NBA knowledge that is also a host. Um, so, listen, at the end of the day, Rachel Nichols is going to do Rachel Nichols. I'll end with this. For those of you that don't know her contract, I, I really, really, really want you to go to Google. Um, she won't be doing anything for at least two years if it isn't with ESPN. Wow. Cause I don't think she's doing a buyout. I'll say that. No, nah, she's not. Her she contract
0: is only a year long.
1: Nope, she's got three years on her. She ju- she had just re-upped. Oh wow! Uh, at the start of this NBA season. Um, so yeah, that's. She's gonna buy out.
0: No, nah, she's definitely gonna buy out.
1: I don't think she is because she's her making. not
0: pressed for a dollar, man.
1: Seven and a half a year. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to just say, to buy out for maybe like fifteen total. You can make that in two years, just chilling and maybe yeah. writing some articles. I don't know. It's up to her. Listen, you're, like you said, she's not pressed for a dollar. It depends what she really wants to do. This could be a two-year period, three-year period, the remainder of her contract, where she might just want to give herself a reboot. We've seen people do this. Take a step away. She is married. You know what I mean? Go do your thing. Live your life for a little bit. Travel. Life,
0: she's committed to the game of basketball, man. So she'll be living her life, but... Something's gonna have write to write a book. That's great. Something's gonna have to shake. Uh, any so you, yeah, so that's dead that on that. Um, like you know, you're good with that topic, right?
1: No, I'm good with that topic. But my one question to you would just be, where does ESPN go from here basketball wise? Because I do want to say, I looked this up, they don't have it like even the jump out of all of the ESPN shows that not including ESPN, Plus, the jump was rated 13 as far Mm. as how ratings did. Mm. Now, ESPN has mainly become a football network because NFL Countdown, College Football, like all those shows, you know, uh, First Take is up there, definitely, but NFL Countdown and College Game Day are one and two. So where do you think ESPN goes from here to get a bigger um, NBA footprint? Because their college basketball game day is pretty highly rated, too. It's top five.
0: I think they might either put Zach Lowe or Kendrick Perkins or some type of Woj, Kendrick, Zach thing. It, I think it's going to be the jump, but it's not going to be the jump, you know. okay. Um, it's going to be interesting to host. Richard Jefferson will be a great host. He's a good personality. He'll be good at it. Um, but it, it's definitely – they're definitely going to do something because that was a big show. And they're losing a lot of good personalities. Uh, yeah. So, so – We'll see what happens as far as that. All right. Now, guys, we talked about before Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. We talked about the Bleacher Report where they had the interview. And y'all got our thoughts process. So, overall, our thought process was, okay, it was cool, and it was nice to see. We were glad they were on good terms. But me and French both agreed that they weren't being the most honest about what situation happened. And to sum things up, those guys basically said, Steve Kerr and Bob Myers were going to really mess this thing up. All right? And, okay, maybe they might have. Maybe, but a couple I, – um, I, listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, a lot of points were brought up that I just thought we had to rehash really quick. Okay, so a couple of things. Clippers game, uh, Draymond Green, Green gets the rebounds, about seven seconds left, uh, jumping at any time. Yep. Um, he, he brings the ball up. So he got two options. He's got play um, Thompson kind of strolling on the left wing, but he's got two over. Uh, two defenders nearby him, but he's got KD right behind him on a little pass passback shot. KD can get two dribbles, pull up, hit that top of the key three, which we've seen him hit before and in this game. And as a coach and players, it's very important to always get a shot off when you have time to get a remaining shot. Even if you take a bad shot, you got to get something up, especially with the quality of players they got. Okay, so not getting a shot up. Kevin Durant was frustrated. Klay Thompson was frustrated. They're walking back to the bench. Uh, Kevin Durant's still frustrated. I think he said something to Draymond. Draymond might have ignored him. Kevin kind of slaps out his hand. And I think at that moment, Draymond Green kind of goes off and says a couple of magic words and right. say to him. Go I want
1: to tag in right there. Go ahead. So, I, listen, perfect analysis that you just gave. I'm going to give my props to that. Now, I want to go from the moment that Kevin Durant slaps his hand, right, Mm-hmm. So, from the camera angles I've seen, KD looks like he's saying something. Draymond pays him absolutely no much. Right. Now, you and I both know Draymond is not deaf. Draymond can hear perfectly fine. He has no mm. hearing issues. Nope. So, we also know Draymond is from the hood. Now, for those of you that have never been to the hood and never played basketball in the hood, there are times when you get annoyed with your teammates and you're in the hood, you're playing in a park, somebody's saying something, you don't even, you, listen, you don't look. You don't bat an eye. You're not hearing nothing. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not showing you that I'm hearing what you're saying. Right. And that's what Draymond was doing, and KD knew that. Right. Now, when KD slapped his hand, that's the first real mistake to me that was made, right? Yeah. Because this is the know your role player. KD, you have to know your role. Listen, (laughs) Draymond's not that guy, and you need Draymond. Yep. He, all right. He didn't give you the, but you need him. You need yes, him engaged. Big,
0: big piece of your team. Absolutely.
1: Because he brings the energy, he brings the toughness. Because listen, as much as we all love KD, Steph, and Clay, those are not the guys we're calling for a physical five on five game where fouls ain't getting called. All right. But we need a Draymond on our squad. So that was the first big mistake. But then Draymond, see, and this is, again, this is why I said KD, you have to know you're you're a superstar, but you have to know your role player here. Draymond's a hothead. So you can't just do that, and he's now going to give you all that attention you seem that you just wanted. And Draymond raised it to a level 10 and started calling him out of his name, and that's problem number two. Right. Because now, not only are you calling a grown man out of his name, you're doing it in front of his teammates. Mm-hmm. This isn't even just like, oh, we're at work and you're doing this in front of my colleagues. I don't care about my colleagues. I don't know a lot of these people outside of my job clocking in and clocking out. But now we're talking about teammates. Anyone that's played sports, that's a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. These are your people. You you know, you, you're with them at practice. You're with them an hour before, an hour after, like the games, all that. You know their kids, their families.
0: Bro, what are you doing? Like yeah. Draymond, what are you doing? So, like I said, so the next thing I noticed, they're going back and forth. They're decorating. Uh, they kind of get close, but then they get separated again. They're still arguing back and forth. Clay moves between them. And Clay is kind of the guy everybody loves. So he's kind of like, yo, chill out. Let's screw it over. They got to get to overtime. They got to start overtime. Remember, this is a tie game. They didn't lose that game. Yep. The tie game is going into overtime. So Clay kind of gets in between them. Uh, Draymond kind of gets up and walks off. Demarcus Cousins, which is funny, if all people was trying to calm Draymond down and say, yo, I understand, but you know, shake that off, baby. We gotta go win this game in overtime. Um, and KD, I think, is talking to Iguodala at one point. Yep. Uh talking to a couple of other guys and just kept shaking his head. And he kind of was like, nah, dog, you not." and listen, let's 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 for all we criticize Kevin Durant, let's 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 talk about perspective here. We gotta understand rank, all right? Now both even though these are both great players and Draymond Green is an all-star and is a probably maybe a Hall of Fame player one day, Kevin Durant is one of the greatest players of his generation and of all time, right? You got to yep. respect somebody that's better than you. You just do, right? And when you're better than somebody, like I said, you've never seen Draymond do the reason no. why, is respect. He's not doing that dumb stuff, right? You don't do that to the guy that kind of helps you get some of that money. Even though you got it on your own you earned it, you got to have respect for the number of the top dog. We're yeah. So the lack of respect from the top dog is the first problem. And then these these reckless words, and then, you know, becoming abrasive, overstepping boundaries, as Draymond can do sometimes. And then um, as we push away from it, if you remember, okay, boom, overtime happens, game ends. After the game, there's another incident in the locker room where he's yes, kind of are wire again. And so a key point that Durant said is, why didn't we do like the Bulls did to talk about it? Well, after the Bulls game, guys were in the locker room, and they were just waiting for Scotty, and they were going to talk about it. Well, guys were in the locker room. Draymond Green kind of had a moment, and they kind of had to get guys out of the locker room, right? And then I don't know if Draymond Green was feeling himself or if it was arrogance, but he doesn't – and I think he does have self-awareness. He's a smart dude. I don't think he's a bad person at all. But there was something about how he kept talking, how he said they were an idiot and how he was talking to Bob Myers. So that wasn't a good look. And, again, I am not the biggest Bob Myers fan. I'm fine with Steve Kerr. I respect Tom and his talent in a lot of different areas in the league. But I thought he came off really arrogant and ignorant in that situation. So Uh, here here, here
1: was my thing, right? With Draymond, I'm going to say this about Draymond. So he needs to be careful going forward Mm. because this is a different Warriors team.
0: Yeah, that was three years ago.
1: Yeah, so you don't want to bring that negative energy in. No. Because these are a lot of young guys. Yeah, these are guys that just like basketball, and outside of that, you don't hear much about them. Um, That's good. Yeah, it is good. But I'm saying like a lot of those like roughneck veterans, the David West, the Iggy's, the Sean Livingston. Those guys aren't there anymore, right? Those guys that could calm him down. So he just, in general, just needs to be careful. Now, here's my thing. You're right. Draymond's never done that kind of stuff to Steph, and I think it's also because Steph has never overstepped either with Draymond, where it's like... If you he's not been overstepped
0: because that's not in his character, but I'm, exa- sure he's, I'm sure he's got on Draymond before.
1: No, I'm sure he's gotten on him, but like you said, it's not in his character. Right. So one of the things about KD that eventually has to be discussed is sometimes the way that KD handles things in the heat of the moment Has never, has not really uh, been a benefit to a team's overall success. He and Westbrook had problems at times in games Mm -hmm. towards the end of that OKC era. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Westbrook, a lot like um, Draymond, even though Westbrook's a much better player, right? So let's just, but a lot like that, they feed off emotion, they Mm -hmm. play off emotion. And there would be times where KD would be going at Westbrook and Westbrook would just shut down. He's not passing the ball no more. Westbrook's just trying to go get his, and it's like it is what it is. And Draymond, you see the same thing with him, except for it's on defense where it's like, all right, I'm not helping anymore. Now I'm fouling. Now it's just – it's whatever. Like, I'm going to go out here and just try to get mine. He's trying to go for risky steals and sometimes gets beat. So it's like it just couldn't gel from that point. And a lot of people point the finger to Bob Myers. Listen, you have – Two of the top five players, three of the top 15 players in the world at that time, not including Draymond Green, right, but in Klay, Steph, and KD. I would put them all top 15 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, So he's just like, listen, hopefully it just blows over. But there's nothing else I'm going to do. I'm not trading Draymond because we need him for defense. Yep. I'm not thinking about trading KD, right? I just got to hope he gets over whatever this is. The problem is KD never got over it. That's nope. not on Bob Myers. Right. There's nothing he could do in that situation. They didn't have KD locked up.
0: Right. And to jump right in here, another thing that uh, Bill said that I thought was a good point, it was pretty much known throughout the league that was his last season. Yeah. When so Durant talked about how he was and how he was locked in, and he might have been locked in. But his body language was like, I'm going to do my job and go home. You know what I'm saying? It might not have been locked in. He said, I could have done a better job of communication. Well, yeah, because – Again, the whispers around the league is, yo, this bull about to dip. Now, I never heard the official quote was, that's why I'm leaving this plate. So I can't say that because if you don't have any video of that official quote, or be reported, I can't jump out the window with that. But it was known pretty much throughout the league that the dude was about to dip. All right. And so we got the Draymond. We got the KD getting hurt. The Warriors doing fine without him. Um, and then the championship game where, again, they're good, but they need more help. KD comes back oh, my goodness, we won the game. He goes out, injures his Achilles, and so he kind of had the perfect exit. You know, he kind of came back, played. We didn't really have to play, and he shouldn't have played. Um, And he kind of – you know, he kind of – it made his – I think that injury kind of made peace with the situation, you know. Yeah. Um, But, again, like I said, uh, a couple more points on this thing. (sighs) The burner accounts, I talked about it before. I'm not a fan of – you can say what you want, dude. Just – you can say what you want, man. Like I said, you got all that smoke ability kind of in that offense, and that's And Michael fine. Rappaport. You don't have to like every coach. Yeah, you might. I can't stand Michael Rappaport. But I'm so saying, I'm- he had all the
1: smoke for him. Dog, just have the smoke
0: in general for everybody. Yeah, dude, you're not the only player that wasn't the biggest fan of a coach. That's fine. But then you're weaseling it by saying it from another count, and you can't say it from yourself like a man. And I'm not saying you're not a man. I'm saying you didn't do that like a man. All right? Next problem. Um... It's a a, a lot, Oh, I got
1: one. I got one thing. Okay, so here's my big problem. This came up during that season a bunch. Right. And everyone brushed it off. Nobody said nothing. And I'm fine with that because you want to keep things in house. You don't get to come back out two years after the fact, and now all of a sudden, oh, we're going to talk about it. But then you still don't really want to talk about it. Right. Because we want to know what was said. Right. Like what was said that set it off to that point?
0: I don't said, need to know
1: word for word. I don't need okay. to know if he called you this or he called you that. But like, I really need to know what made it. Like, what was in your minds that really set it to that level?
0: So because to me, and uh, jumping right in there, called him some words you couldn't say. We don't need you anyway. You leaving anyway, and a whole bunch of that, you know, and just okay. So was... that was my next point. Go ahead.
1: That so you leaving anyway. So you talked about this. About KD, and yeah, Dreamland said in the been, interview too. Yeah, he did. KD may have been locked in, and I'll give him that. Game to game, the competitor in him. But we listen. You and I have both been on teams before. If you know a dude is leaving, right? Like if, like if he hasn't addressed it, and you all the rumors, you know how the NBA is. All the rumors be going around, locker room to locker room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone's like, "All right, this dude's out. Whatever." Like, your role players, them bench dudes, their hearts aren't really, like, into it the way it needs to be because they know their best player, second-best player, is leaving. Like, he's done. He's quitting on them, right? Because that's how it feels at the time as a player, as a teammate. So I do think KD should have handled that differently. Listen, it's business. If you're leaving, you could tell them dudes, like, yo, listen, guys, I'm going to go get this bag somewhere else after this season, but let's go get this third ring and let's go out with a bang. And those dudes are veterans. They would have respected you and been like, all right, bet. Let's all go out. Because what did Sean Livingston do after that season? Retire. Exactly. What did Iggy do? Left and got the bag. Those guys
0: are getting older, though.
1: David West, retired. But That's what I'm saying. So those dudes would have respected you and been like, all right, bet. He's leaving. Those guys know in the back of their minds they're probably going to retire, whether or not they said it to anybody. And it's like, you all could have just been like, this is our last ride. We all know it. All the cards are on the table. Let's go chase this third ring. But he didn't do that. And instead, he he played it like both sides to the fence. Like, ah, maybe I'll stay. Maybe I'll leave. Whatever, whatever. And then he just put all this stuff on Draymond. And now you want to come back two years later. And now you don't want to put any onus on yourself. But you want to put it on Steve Kerr and Bob Myers. When is KD going to say, listen, I could have done X Y and Z so much better. That's what I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. When is KD going to say, "Listen, I could have done this differently. I should have done this differently. So, and this stuff maybe wouldn't have went down like this had I done this.
0: So so to me and that's a great point, that's exactly why this interview shouldn't have happened. Not that they're not on good terms. To me, when you're not playing anymore, you still emotion, the emotions tied to it, but you can talk about it cuz it's over. Yeah. Even when Jordan was talking about the Pistons and all that stuff, yo, you saw that raw emotion definitely coming right back in. Absolutely. But at the same time, you can talk about it because my man sitting in a beautiful mansion, and his life <laughs> is good, and he's smoking a cigar. He ain't tripping. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, I, I just don't think it made sense. I think in their mind it was dope, and again, it was successful. We're talking about it. So I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad idea, but maybe we can revisit this later. Maybe both of them can be a little more mature. In better places, and maybe we can really talk about what really happened, yeah. Um, but that's that on that, Damien Lilla. I <laughs> don't know if you saw this, I didn't even get a chance to text you.
1: Yes, I saw it,
0: but I didn't believe it until I saw it. And I don't know when this happened exactly, but it's really weird that it kind of got under the radar. So, do you know when this exactly happened? Was this last night, a couple this week? So, okay, this
1: exactly happened Monday night, late okay. Monday night. That's when all this started.
0: Um, Go ahead. i give it to you. You, you, can, you can introduce it.
1: No, nah, I want you to introduce it, actually. Okay, so Dame, I
0: got a hot take on Dame, it. Dame says, answering some fan questions on Instagram Live. Fan says, hey, Dame, are you leaving the PDX? I think the PDX is Portland, right? I think it's the name of the stadium. Yeah. Um. No, I'm not leaving the uh, PDX. Not for right now. <laughs> now, y'all, y'all know what we've been saying. Uh, he's, he doesn't have one foot out the door. If going to do something, he's going to commit to it. But how deep in his heart he wants to request a trade, but he's legitimately worried about the backlash because of everything he stands for, the loyalty and all that stuff. Dog, so we said it before I said it before, and again, I'm not gonna regurgitate and say the same issues. You don't owe nobody anything, you owe yourself everything. Go ahead. all
1: right, so for those of you that like nineties hip hop, there was a famous line that then became popular in the eight mile movie. Where, you know, there ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. There's no such thing as a halfway franchise player. and I think Dame is really starting to get stuck in that spot. And this is not a good look. And I'm telling you right now, and this isn't like a super hot take or anything like that. But the fan backlash, I think this season towards Dame is going to be something he's yet to experience. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do this. You it, Like, as the top dog on the team, best player, franchise guy drafted by that city. Top 10 you either player have in the league. Top 10 player in the league, MVP candidate, top, uh, first, first team all-NBA, all all-star, you know, future Hall of Famer. You the man. You the man. Potential scoring champion every season. Man. All that. You can't do this. Nope. If CJ McCollum wants to do this, fine. You can't do this. Nope. You either have to be all in Portland, red and black. I'm riding with y'all, you know, blaze city, whatever they call y'all out there, rip, uh, city. rip city. Sure. Y'all ain't ripping down no nets yet, but Don't yeah, rip it. city. But my thing is you have to be all in or you have to do the kawaii and be all out and just, yo, all right. It's not personal, San Antonio, but this, this marriage is over. I want a divorce. Yep. And that's cool. But we respected Kawhi so much more than we did James Harden yep. and other guys. Because Kawhi was just like, listen, I'm done. I gave y'all everything I gave y'all and I just want to go somewhere else. Well Kawhi
0: didn't put on twenty pounds, forced pass, no, he didn't do yeah, he didn't do none of that crazy. stuff. Self sabotage the team, And wait
1: a minute. Just... And you know what else he didn't do? He didn't subliminally take these disses <laughs> and he didn't just start sneak dissing his of the spurs either. Nope. He was so just I'm very professional out. about it. That's it. And that's what we need from Dame. That's what you and I have been saying all yes. summer, dog. Just say you want out. It's okay. It's it, man. And if the you, more do you it, drag it out, the you're gonna worst screw the team. It's worse. It's going to get yeah. Because you're gonna screw the team if you wait
0: till like the middle of the season to do this. Yep. And again, you love Portland. You want the love in Portland, dog. You can get traded from a team and still get love there. But man, you're playing a dangerous game, man. Because you're gonna absolutely. be absolutely. Gonna become Katie. You're gonna become enemy target number one, man. Yep. Um, couple other news. a Pla- oh. couple other news and notes before we get out of here. Now, yesterday was eight twenty four. It was National Kobe Day, and the day before that, yes, sir, it's Kobe Bryant's forty third birthday. So, happy birthday, Kobe. Rest well, King. Um, if you wonder why I didn't do a Kobe episode the last two days, very still tough for me. Kobe is. Is he my favorite player? Probably Tywood Iverson for my favorite player, um, but definitely more influential as far as thought process, mindset, a lot of things. It's just tough, man. I didn't even watch the Kobe documentary that they just did. It, it's too – I'm telling you guys, it's just too close. It's too tough. I had – I warned about – how many pairs of Kobe's do I have? Right now I probably only have one, that, but then there, those are like got a hole in them. I can't even throw them away because they don't even make Nikes anymore. I can't even buy another pair. So I just like put them in my box. Yeah. But I just, it was too much for me to try to um, do the Kobe thing. But again, we're going to talk about our boy uh, probably Sunday ish. Sunday, probably maybe. Yeah, we'll do a Sunday. Um, Listen, y'all know how I feel about Kobe. Uh, He's my man, 20 grand. uh, But we'll do a full Kobe. We'll have some fun. We'll talk some stories. Uh, we'll play off of each other's character. Anything on Kobe, briefly. Uh,
1: so all I'm gonna say is this: I too have not watched any Kobe documentaries or nothing. Kobe was my favorite player. Diehard Laker fan. Um, what I'll say is this: It's hard to do a podcast on Kobe because you need the whole podcast to do it, and that's still
0: probably not enough time. Nope. To just, but discuss it's definitely his not enough time to even start doing it. Now. Nah. So we're not. Yeah, but listen, not. rest but in we, peace, I, happy I, birthday. We rest in peace, happy birthday. And no, I did not forget. Um, You want to have the floor real quick, anything? Yeah, so face? I got something, man. Before I go through a couple of um, topics, go ahead. Just,
1: just real quick, man. So there's this thing that's happened in the NBA right now where guys are friends with people, and they end up on the same team. and they nothing start wrong putting, with that. Nothing wrong with that, but they start putting out these false narratives about their boys. That they're good. <laughs> this Eric Bledsoe stuff has to stop. He's <laughs>
0: trash. He's garbage. He's okay. not good. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yes, all of those things are true. But he can play better. He is a good defensive player. That had definitely made a second team. Definitely will be more engaged. Um, he has a lot of discipline. He's got to put his game offensively. But, listen, I've, we've seen the worst part of him. So, man, he should be better. He should be better. Can't A be diff- worse. A different environment is huge for an NBA player. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. So, he should be better. All right. A um, couple news and notes around the NBA before we biggity bounce. <sighs> this is funny. NBA GM clowns David Griffin and New Orleans Pelicans for getting big-timed, and I quote, by Miami Heat and Charlotte and Kyle Laurie sweepstakes. And I quote, New Orleans tried to go big, Kyle Lowry, and they got big time. They didn't read the room. Okay, that has nothing to do with reading the room, but that's funny. <laughs> Any comments on that?
1: No, I mean, that's hilarious to me. I, I mean, if New Orleans ever thought Kyle Lowry was going, yeah, that's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, chill. Uh, next, report that the Cavs are interested in prying away Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson. Thoughts? Ooh.
1: Um, Dylan Brooks is big news. I'm not that high on Kyle Anderson as far as, like, ooh, changing a team's culture or anything, but I like Dylan Brooks. What he showed mm. me last season,
0: he's improved. Next, ESPN is officially letting Max Kellerman leave first take. He's going to do ESPN Radio, which he's really good on. Also, Max Kellerman number one sport is boxing, if y'all didn't know. Super good on boxing. Um, so he'll be fine. He'll still be a car at ESPN, but just going in a different direction. Uh, they said they're gonna have rotating guests for Stephen A. Smith. What do you think is the best guy to put next to Stephen A. Smith? Uh,
1: I got a guy, I, and
0: I think you'll like him. But go ahead, I'll let you go. I'll
1: say this: I'm interested to see who your guy is because I don't think the person currently is at ESPN. I don't know
0: if it's sustainable. But for at least six months, I like Bomani Jones to go on there. Oh, he would never do it. Hey! No, 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 no. They listen. Can, they can hit that check and he can do it. No, 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 listen, Dude, listen. He literally so, does um, highly questionable. This he does. It's a bunch of nonsense. Man.
1: No, it is. So, Bomani has his own little uh, podcast called The Evening Jones, right? It's a great okay. listen. But he doesn't really talk about sports too much. But he does take fan questions. And somebody did ask him about... Um, would he ever debate Stephen A. Smith? And he said no because that's not – he said yelling at people back and forth on national television is just not his lane. <laughs> so here's the thing. That is a great – because I love Monty Jones. Right? I know that, you do. That's your man. That would be good. And I'm going to say something that people may or may not agree with. I do think that the, whoever replaces Max Kellerman needs to be white. And the reason <laughs> they need to be white – is because you do what made the show great with Skip Bayless. You need the white male perspective. You like, even though it's funny, you don't need it. I mean, but you do to a certain extent because you don't want to lose that audience.
0: You're not losing that audience.
1: You might. I just think, like, if they could have got Skip Bayless back, that would have been great. They tried. I know. I mean, I, I just don't think whoever they get is currently on ESPN. But hey, Bombardier Jones
0: may be a good fit. I don't know if you need the white male perspective, but you kind of need that personalities type that will go against Stephen Eastman. If he yeah. happens to be white, that's fine too. Um, I want to make sure I talk about this cause I don't want to forget it. Um, but before I do, uh, real quick, Stephen, a, uh, excuse me, Van Gundy is hired as an in game analyst for TNT. Any thoughts on that? I'm cool with it. He was good on ESPN.
1: I think he'll be good. He he knows knowledge. He knows the game. He'll add a good insight.
0: Yeah. Now this is our last story. We'll get out of here. But I wanted to make sure I got all my facts right. So, breaking news: sports on sports agent blog. Nerlens Noel has sued NBA agent Rich Paul, claiming Paul is responsible for fifty-eight million dollars in lost earnings. This is a very loaded thing. Yeah. Um. So he's talking about a contract that the Dallas Mavericks offered him. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, I think he tried to bet on himself, and they gave him a good contract, and it was a good fit, and sometimes Nerland can be immature. Um, he's had a couple of incidents before, but that's not necessarily what I want to talk about. Um, that was a good contract for him to sign. I don't know what his, you thought his market value was, but I believe um, – here we go. The complaint said that Paul knowingly – was represented by Walters in 2017, and Noel said that he wanted to be a $100 million man and that Paul could get Noel a max if he terminated his relationship with Walters, all right? That's what he's saying. Uh, This allegedly went down at Simmons' birthday party in Los Angeles where Paul was sitting next to Noel during a dinner party portion of the event. Following the party, Noel parted ways with Walters and signed a standard player agent contract, SPAC, with Paul. Noel also proputely took Paul's advice and ended his ongoing negotiations with the Dallas Mavericks that would have paid him $70 million over four years in favor of accepting a one-year a one $4.1 million qualifying offer, which later seeking the max on free agent, Paul earned a 4% commission on the qualifying offer. The situation became sour when Noel tore apart his ligament and his thumb, had surgery to report, repair the injury, excuse me, and was forced to miss 42 games that season, according to the complaint. Paul began to lose interest in Noel as a client uh, during the 2000 and I quote during the 2000 during the free agency season in which began in July 20, 2018. After Noel's one-year contract with Dallas expired, neither Paul nor anyone at Clutch presented any real prospects to Noel in terms of strategies or ideas how Noel might seek a long-term contract or even a significant contract in the following season, states to complain. Indeed, as in 2018, free agent season began, nowhere offers the deals presented to Noel on a first day of free agency. Noel says that Paul had nothing to do with Noel then signing with OKC Thunder that instead Russell Westbrook and Paul George recorded him. Uh, Noel signed a two-year $3.75 million league minimum deal with the team, and Paul was paid 2% commission. Paul is criticized for failing to make an effort and I just want to make sure y'all give y'all full context, so I got to read a lot of this. Um, Paul was, was criticized for failing to, to make an effort to try to secure contracts or deals on Noel's behalf. In the 2018 and 19 season, um, he spent with the Thunder, and thereafter, Noel declined the player option of the second year of the deal. And the Thunder, insisted that he hit free agency market, he received no offers through any other team and was forced to sign another one-year minimum deal. Noel allegedly learned from Brett Brown, who was coaching the Sixers at the time but the 76ers uh, have been trying to contact Paul on a discussion of potential deal, and Paul refused to respond. This was uh I don't even know if I'm saying it right, the case with other teams' representatives who were reaching out as well. Eventually, Noel said that he contemplated terminating his representation relationship with Clutch Sports. However, he was persuaded by Lucas Norton of the company that they were working on a three-year deal with the Thunder and should compensate the tune of Noel's seven to ten million dollars annually thus noel declined to stay in place of his agency then free agency hit the first day was quiet noel said that he later learned that representatives from the houston rockets and los angeles clippers won opportunities with paul but they could not get or make contact leon rose who was formerly an agent at the c double a but then a president of the new york knicks reached out about a one-year five million dollar deal Finally, Noel terminated his relationship with Clutch Sports in December 2020 and says that the final straw was Noel learning that Paul had a history of mismanaging and ignoring other clients that cost him significant money. He believed this. Paul and Clutch Sports were only forced when on serving their marquee clients and did not have the, cap- the captivity to serve Noel as players such as Norris Cole, Shabazz Muhammad. After Noel's first season with the Knicks, he signed a three-year deal, roughly $32 million. And was represented by George Lamberg on that contract. Noel wants to be made for the whole saying uh, for what he's losing, saying the fifty-eight million dollars in lost earnings uh, to leave to Walters pass up after the uh, four-year, seventy million-dollar offer from the Mavericks. He says that Paul breached his see might be pronouncing this fiduciary wrong. fiduciary. Thank you, uh, duty by in- um, inducing Noel to terminate his representation agreement with Walters, then by failing to do any meaningful work on Noel's behalf of securing contracts, new endorsement deals, or by offering strategies to Noel on how to maximize his value earning. All right. I know that was a lot, but I wanted to give full context. I didn't want to just blurt something out so we could have a full discussion on this. This is a big deal. French, you got the floor, brother.
1: Yeah, so this is a really big deal because it is
0: layered too. It's much more layered when you read the article.
1: Yeah, so my thing is this, right? If you want to start with the initial point of this Mavericks deal, so New Orleans Noel had an agent who was negotiating this deal with the Mavericks uh, for seventy million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now, Rich Paul, Noel wanted to be a hundred million dollar guy. He was at a party that was being that was for Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, this is back in two thousand, and I think. 17. Mm-hmm. Now, while at that party, Rich Paul had approached him about, oh, you know, I could get you that $100 million if you leave your agent. Whatever, whatever. So New Noel takes him up on that offer, leaves his agent, goes with Paul. But now, by going with Paul, it had to stop discussions on that $70 million deal, which he ended up turning down with Paul, thinking that they could negotiate it up to $100 million. He ended up signing a one-year deal, proven. it, you know, prove to us that you're worth this much, and he gets hurt. Yep. Now, listen, I don't blame Paul for that. But to me, the real issues start when you talk about the fact that Nerland Zowell is saying you guys did nothing to help him, you know, come up with a plan to secure money, whether that was endorsements, what he needed to do to become a better player, what teams were saying he needed to improve on. Like, you weren't giving him any information to get better. Right. But you were still taking that 2%. So well, like, that's your job. It just looks 2%. shady. So no, it is. It this just this is,
0: looks shady. This is what I'll say. And again, jump in. Um, I don't think Rich Paul is responsible for $58 million learning. I think Noel thought that. I think when he said, y'all can get you a $100 million contract, that's just kind of him trying to get another client. I don't know if he can really say, I can get you another $100 million contract, but it's kind of like throw out the bait to reel them in. All right, but I can I can get you something. You know, um the 70 million dollar deal was great value for Noel. Noel is a defensive player. He's not even an elite defensive player. He's a good defensive player. He has a ton of injury history. Um uh, and he's not a, he's not really an offensive guy other than diving to the rim and catching lobs. So 70 uh million dollars for 4 years is phenomenal for him. And just off of what he made previously in his career, he should have took that deal. So I do not believe Richard Paul is worth old the 58 million dollars. Now, if he can prove that representation from other teams tried to contact him and he never knew, I do believe there's a liability for that. <clears throat> I do. I agree. I, between the uh, Houston Rockets, the Philadelphia 76ers, if you can get proof, all right, now there's emails and stuff. Um, you might have to subpoena some stuff. But if you can get proof, and, again, you're not going to win a lot of money, but he's going to take a really big hit in credibility. If you, and you're going to have to get some other clients too, all right? It's going to have to be a pattern of this. If you can get proof that he purposely ignored fielders from other teams and you are not getting knowledge about legitimate offers that are being made, yes, because then he's not doing his job. All right, so if you can get proof, you can sue him based on that, and you'll win, but you're not getting that $56 million. No, he's not getting $56 million. But he might end up walking away with a couple million if he can prove um, some things. Really, really good story, really interesting. Again, we've talked about – we had a whole podcast named On Better Yourself. The betting on yourself theory – it has context in it. Like you have to understand if you have a good here's the thing with betting on yourself. Betting on yourself, I'm not getting any money. To me, the original theory of betting on yourself, I'm not getting any money. I'm about to go hard this year. I'm gonna become a free agent and I'm gonna get paid. So betting on yourself was never I got a great contract, I want a greater contract. Now, if you got a great contract, yo, you need to sign that though. <laughs> like that, that 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 to me, that was it. All right. So I, I think um again, he can prove that Rich Paul. Uh, didn't do his job, if he can prove that, Rich probably lose a lot of credibility. But I might think that this story might not go to court. Nah, I don't think it's going to court. Yeah, I think there might be some...
1: Bad publicity either way. Yeah, it's
0: going to get out of the news. I think it might be, yo, dog, let me talk to you real quick. I think this might get settled outside. Um, Because, again, that's a big deal if he can prove that. Because then he's not doing his job. Uh, any last thoughts that you want to talk about before we bounce? Nope. I think we covered everything that's currently going on Thank right you now. We did too, and I definitely want to keep this podcast under an hour. As always, guys. Saturday? No, 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 no. Sunday. Sunday. Saturday, I'm working overtime, so it's not going to be Saturday. I'm gonna be mad tired. Sunday, we'll do the Kobe episode. Um, I think I did favorite Kobe moments, so we're gonna do a little. We won't say controversial Kobe, but we'll do tested Kobe when tested times where either on the court, off the court, things going well. Um, We'll talk about his legacy. We'll talk about Nike. Um, We'll talk about our favorite things from Kobe post-career, because even though his post-career was short, I, he did a ton of things. and Yes, I sir. The best part of Kobe was coming because Kobe is obsessive with getting better and he's obsessed with learning. So I really think it's unfortunate. He it an to Oscar, too. So Kobe was getting busy. Yep. Um, so we'll definitely talk about a lot of topics. That we'll talk about the Kobe uh, shoe, brill, uh, shoe deal but Nike. That's a big deal, too, and um, for a lot of different reasons. So we'll do a lot of big Kobe things. We'll only do Kobe on set Sunday. We'll get, get it out. We'll do a couple of favorite moments. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, as always, thank you for the love and support. Please like, share, and subscribe. Post it in your story. Tag me, tag the podcast page. As always, hashtag know your role player, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can hashtag know your role player, and every single episode, including this one, will come out. As always, thank y'all for your love and support. I'll see y'all Sunday. Peace.